We need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking, and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Welcome back, dear listener. This is episode 207 of the Iron Fist Velvet Glove podcast. We're closing in on our fourth year anniversary, which will be on the 4th of July. Oh, really? Coming up soon. With me, as always, Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day, Trevor. G'day, Paul. G'day, listeners. And Paul the 12th Man. G'day, everyone. No greetings, Earthlings. Oh, sorry. greetings, Earthlings, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the fanboys want to make sure it's the real 12th man. <laughs> and apparently there's fangirls out there as well. Oh, oh is there really? The, the beneficiary. Now I'm ad- getting interested. Admitted to being a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> she also admitted to being too young and too, um, and she's not single. So it's not going to work for you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there might be more that mm. will follow her to my flock. There might be. <laughs> <laughs> I still listener. don't understand how I don't have fair boys and fair girls. Anyway. You should have. You should exactly. Have. Yeah. Dear listener, this is an Australian podcast where we look at news and politics and things going on in our society and the changes and what does it and what they mean. And we have a particular interest in religion and the effect that religion has on our society, which is no small thing, let me assure you. So we've got a fair bit of uh, sort of religious um, sort of topics on this episode. We're going to start off with just a light-hearted one, I think, which is that um, Pope Francis has risked the wrath of traditionalists by approving a change to the wording of the Lord's Prayer. Instead of saying, lead us not into temptation, it will say, do not let us fall into temptation. Gentlemen, thoughts on this? I don't have an issue with it. Well, the original was the original implying that God was leading us into temptation or Satan? Yes. Well, that God would because you're praying to God and saying, lead us not into temptation as if, and it's like as if God would ever lead you into temptation. No, he would wait for you to fuck up and then, you know. (laughs) Then cast you into a lake of fire. Yes. Yeah, or or, or cause a 40-day, you know torrent that floods the whole earth and drowns everybody except the chosen few. Mm. It's a bit of a worry when one of the most fundamental prayers in the whole shebang has got a fundamental error in it. But look at the whole doctrine of those Abrahamic religions. They're full of evil Mm. shit. Mm. So, uh, So that's the Pope. I thought that we should check our own podcast prayer, make sure it's up to speed. Oh, good. Yeah. So uh, uh, earphones on until they're ready and we'll just... uh, We'll see where it's up to. Please, let us pray. Iron Fist, who art in Brisbane, Trevor be thy name, with Velvet Glove and Twelfth Man, podcast be thy game. Give us this day our weekly podcast to expose those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into superstition, Mm. but deliver us from bullshit. For thine is the podcast, for the politics and the ethics, for the beer and the banter. Amen. 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 Hey. I'll I'll never lead anybody into superstition either. I want my podcast prayer changed. (laughs) (laughs) Do not let us fall into superstitious belief or something. Well, yeah. 
you know, if 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 God Himself would lead us into temptation, you might lead us into superstition. Mm. There's a bit of a parallel there. That's one of the few things where I have no idea who supplied that prayer for us. So um, normally I sort of know the characters who contribute, but whoever you are, time to update my prayer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, gentlemen, in the news at the moment is a story about, well, the story from the USA is that Iran has attacked a Japanese oil tanker. Yeah, me and Paul were just talking about this in the car. I'm not convinced that the Iranians are that stupid to do something like that. Paul, you are convinced. I'm not convinced that they're not that stupid because, after all, they're stupid enough to follow a you know archaic Middle Ages fucking religion. I mean, if they're stupid yeah, enough to but... believe in you know a sky fairy, then they're stupid enough to do who knows what. I wouldn't be surprised if it's some sort of cut-off from Islamic State or something like mm. that just blowing them up. Or the Houthis, somebody suggests, the Houthis in, uh, you know, who are battling the uh, Saudis in uh, Yemen. Right. But aren't or, they allied to Iran? Yes. So why would they want to drag the US into a war with Iran? Maybe they're just mischievous. I don't know. I mean, but, uh, maybe the Saudis. Well, that's the because whole point. The if Saudis you want some pressure might, if, on your yeah, enemy, yeah. why not set them up? Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saudis did it mm. because that would be the perfect ploy for them. It gets the Yanks involved. The Yanks go in, they crush Iran, they left behind a you know another power vacuum and then you end up with the Shia side of Islamic State taking over Iran. So, Look, who expected Pearl Harbor? You know, people do all kinds of insane things. Yeah, but, Pearl, state Harbor, actors yeah, but Pearl Harbor was actually planned out and Yamamoto oh. said to his emperor, I can guarantee you six months of victories. It was on the six month after that that he was killed. He was shot down by an American plane. It wasn't completely out of the, you know, they were heading, they were clearly heading to war. You know, there was a reason why the US fleet was there. And so they decided to strike first while they could. Yeah. So that made sense. Look, I would put nothing past the Iranians. Right. I mean, they're led by, you know, these right. Islamic patriarchs. Right. And, and they but, could do anything. But to me, this just sounds like sort of many of the wars we've had in recent times that have been instigated based on false information. Gulf of Tonkin incident, right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Would you agree? It's possible. Mm. Who knows? If, if everyone... Yeah, I mean, I just hope that Trump actually keeps his weapons holstered. But, you know, yeah. I don't think he would. So the Gulf of Tonkin incident was there was a US warship that claimed to have been under attack by the North Vietnamese mm. and subsequently uh, there were investigations and... And the conclusion that came out of classified documents that were subsequently released was that the US fired first in the first incident and there was no second incident and it was clearly a beat-up. Yeah. The other ones would be the Iraq wars where we had that um, uh, one of the reasons that they went in was the story about the babies being thrown on the floors of, of hospitals and that was a big trigger for saying what a bunch of... Oh, that callous. wasn't Iraq. That that, that was... was um, that was in Kuwait. That Kuwait. Was, yeah, but that yes, was the that was Iraqi the troops. Accusing the Iraqi oh. troops of doing it. Oh. So that was... that who, was Who knows they didn't? But. Well, well, we know that was false because okay. that was a story by the Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter hmm. 
and nobody knew she, that that's who she was at the yeah, time. Yeah. So, and the other one, of course, was weapons of mass destruction that were never found. But hey, here's all this evidence. So now we've got this grainy footage of a boat of some sort going alongside a tanker, and you really can't tell what's going on. But yeah. of course, in the US media and the US government are beating it up and saying, oh, well, the Iranians are up to no good and and start beating the war drums. It's It just stinks of suspicion to me of another sort of excuse to get into another war. Possibly. Mm. So interesting to see how that plays out. And um, uh, we all agreed. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was ready for a fight. Well, Paul's suspicious, but you do well, agree. I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering if you're going to join the uh, – the Revolutionary Guards to defend Iran if if it's attacked by America. I've got a bit of sympathy for Iran, strangely. I've got sympathy for the normal common people of Iran. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy whatsoever for the regime that's uh, currently... But, really- I mean, they struck a deal with Obama yeah. about nuclear weapons mm. and said, okay, ease the sanction on sanctions on us yeah. and we will not... We'll let you look at every nuclear installation and everything we've got, mm-hmm. whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was an agreement that everyone was happy with, mm-hmm. except for Donald Trump. It's come in and completely stuffed it. Now we're now we're at risk of the Iranians actually producing a nuclear weapon. So I've got sympathy for them that they struck a deal, and then the US said, "Well, don't like the deal anymore. Piss off. We're going to do this." So mm. I have some sympathy there. Absolutely. It's still a hideous regime. And they <coughs> they treat their own people horrendously. Mm. Of course. All right, well, it's, I, I, was, I thought that we might get diffi- something of disagreement there. <laughs> Keep trying. Mm, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to that. Uh, well, let's try this one then. Okay. This, this just came through in the last hour or so. You guys yeah. sent this one by message. was a New Zealand man who shared the Christchurch massacre video mm. has been sentenced to 21 months in jail. Mm. So um, the district court judge said when questioned about the video, um, this guy described it as awesome and he had shown no empathy towards the victims. Mm. And um, the judge said, your offending glorifies and encourages the mass murder carried out under the pretext of religion and racial hatred. Um so basically they were saying it was a hate crime. Mm. Any disagreement on that one? Yeah. I don't think people should be imprisoned for hating. Right. But do you think that could have been encouraging violence if you're spreading <sighs> that video and saying, check this out, guys, isn't this good? Yeah, it's possible, of course. But, so, I mean, any of us could encourage violence by contacting our mates and saying, wouldn't it be awesome to go out and murder whoever, you know, minority group or hated group, any of us could encourage hate in that way. But uh, haven't we had this? I thought we'd reached agreement on free that speech. That incitement to violence incitement should to be violence. a crime. Yes, I, I, we do a line. I do. But did, oh. he, did he directly incite people or did he just share the video and say, isn't it awesome? Well, or something when, along those lines. When you're sharing that video to 30 associates and yeah. you're saying, check this out and isn't this great, Mm. And but, but, but did he actually incite anyone to go out and commit a similar crime? That's what I'd like to know. Right. You don't think that alone on the facts of it is a behaviour that should not be allowed? No, I don't because right. that's, that's a thought crime. Right. Okay. 
Sorry, but I think you have to draw the line somewhere and I would draw the mm. line at if he hasn't directly encouraged or incited violence, then I, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's an asshole, not a very nice person. I don't like his ideas, but I don't think he should be in prison for having those ideas. Hold the glove. Help me out here with the libertarian top man. Where are you falling on this one? Come on. I tend to agree with Paul, actually. Ah, (laughs) Right. I I just, I can understand what you're saying, though. And I think that had he have said, isn't this awesome, then that would have been enough to tip me over to to think you've got to do some time for this. However, if he'd said... He had described it as awesome. Did he? Yes. But that's a thought. That's a thought. That's not incitement to violence. When questioned about the video, Arps had described it as, quote, awesome and had shown no empathy towards the victims. How many many people after the 9-11 attacks, uh, how many people partied and cheered when they watched the the, uh, World Trade Centre towers topple how many of them are in jail now? You know, I mean, people can't be put in jail for their for their thoughts, or they shouldn't be. You know, that's that's what the Chinese. Well, well he that's was what the Iranian. But, but he was doing more than thinking. He was spreading does. a video amongst yeah. his associates. So, well, so how about that? It was you know, it was more than just thinking. It was an action. Was, it was a he form of inciting speech. violence? Well, I would say he is. Well, he might be, but you know, I've I'm yet to be. Convinced. I haven't seen enough detail on this case to say that he was actually inciting violence. Right. And until M- merely distributing a video like that to thirty associates, mm. saying, "Isn't this fantastic? It's awesome." Mm. Um, you, you don't think that that's it's? Yeah. It's, well, see, if it, if it actually did tag it by saying, "Isn't this awesome?" Then I think he probably does deserve to. Well, be here's a bit more facts. Justice O'Driscoll said Arps had also asked somebody to insert crosshairs and include a kill count in order to create an internet meme, although, was, yeah. although there was no evidence that he had shared the meme. Yeah. So, And this happened in the uh, – didn't this happen in a recent election in Australia where some politician was um, in, a, in, a, mm. in a crosshair? Mm, uh, Palaszczuk, I think. Palaszczuk, yes, Palaszczuk, yes, exactly. Mm. And it's happened in the US. Yeah, but it's one thing to for a um, an image to appear on a newspaper or whatever it was. I think it was a newspaper. It's a Sunshine headline. Coast Daily. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's another thing to do it while sending out a video of fifty people getting massacred. You know, like there's context. I, look, I grant you, he doesn't sound like the sort of guy I'd I'd invite to a barbecue. Yes, and his thoughts are pretty abhorrent, mm. but. If he hasn't actually incited anyone to commit a violent crime, his thoughts are still his thoughts, you know. No. Even if he is sharing them with other people, we share thoughts every Tuesday night. Yeah, but not inciting violence. No, 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 it's not a law against having a thought. We're sharing a thought. It's the well, you know. Some people would say we're inciting rebellion against organised religion. You know. Which is not violence, but you know, has he incited violence? I, I, just not sure that he has. Okay, so under well, the- I just think that if you actually type in there, it's all look at this, isn't it awesome? Then I think that is enough to <sighs> that is enough to incite violence. Look, 
you know, again, I go back to 9-11. There were lots of people who thought that that was pretty awesome to watch the World Trade Center towers fall down and 3,000 people inside die. Uh, a lot of people said that was awesome, publicly said that was awesome. I don't think many of them are in jail. Okay, so you're sympathetic to his plight. Um, just remind me again, what was your view on Julian Assange? Should, My view on Julian should, should, Assange with was... With his freedom of speech, was he entitled to, to distribute the material he distributed? I think his behaviour was a bit irresponsible uh, in, the, in the manner that he did it. Yeah. I, I, but, don't, but, I don't have a problem with distributing specific items, you know, like we were discussing of the uh, American helicopter uh, pilots murdering those people on the ground in Iraq. That was horrendous and that sort of material should be publicly, publicly distributed. I'm just not sure about how Assange went, went about his business, you know. Right, but you wouldn't uh, censure him for doing what he did. Is that, is that censure what him? Yeah, like he's I not, wouldn't he, he, shouldn't in. Be in, he shouldn't be convicted of any crime or anything for doing that. I just want to check where you no, are on, I don't on Assange. Think, I don't think he should be because right. I, so think he shouldn't that, be. I think, look, he was acting as a journalist, a very fucked up journalist, pardon the language, but... He was acting as a journalist, yeah. and therefore I think that he was entitled to the exemption which is given to journalists yeah. under the yeah. law. Look, we just got to stop for a minute because Warren is doing stuff and it's causing... <laughs> Warren, what are you doing? <clears throat> it's causing stuff to keep beeping at me. Right, so on your freedom of speech sort of um, yeah. theory, yeah. then Assange should not be thrown in a US jail for what he did. Uh, I, I don't think he deserves to spend the rest of his life in jail, no. but, but Or any time in jail. Possibly, although, you know, he's, he's serving time in a, a British jail for jumping bail. Sure, but in relation to releasing the... I don't know. I, have, I don't know enough about Assange and what he did in great detail, to be honest, to give a, a really informed response. Right. Yeah, look, my opinion is that I don't believe he should spend any time inside a US prison. I think he was acting as a journalist, a very bad journalist, but still acting as a journalist. Therefore, I believe he's entitled right. to the protection that's given to journalists. Right. What was the bad part of his journalism, by the way? He just dumped it online. Right. He didn't go through He didn't do what Edward Snowden did. Edward Snowden released the information to journalists and he asked that they not just dump it online or anything like that. He handed it over and he very responsibly got it printed so that it caused the maximum amount of embarrassment but didn't actually put anyone's lives in danger. My understanding was that there was vetting of Assange's Material In the early part of it, yes, and there was that bloke who did actually write something on the Facebook page, I've yet to read that article, where he said that um, there was vetting of it. Mm. No doubt that that did happen. However, there was also one instance at least where he did just dump everything online. Because you hear talk about people who were uh, um, endangered as a result mm. of, yeah. of the release of his documents. But there was a link given to us, which was... Uh, let me just find it here. This is from The Guardian, is it? Mm. The yeah. US counterintelligence official who led the Pentagon's review into the fallout from the WikiLeaks disclosures told the Bradley Manning sentencing hearing that no instances were ever found of any individual killed by enemy forces as a result of having been named in the releases. Yeah, I so. understand that. However, I honestly believe that just naming them and dumping it online was very irresponsible. 
and that is what he did wrong. He's right. just dumping it online. Yeah, I agree. Show, I'd be interested to see it. Show me the 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 the, the items you're talking about, like the, well, the actual. We'll probably mm, never know. Mm. Will we? Well, there we go. Like, like, how much of this are we getting from sources who can't be trusted? Don't know. Is the question. How much are we getting? I don't know. Yeah. Possibly lots. Possibly. So, you know. But you know, I honestly believe that he doesn't deserve the full weight of American law to come down on him. Uh, you know, the Yanks mm. can keep him out of the country forever if they want to, but mm. I don't believe he should ever spend any time inside a US prison. Mm. The US, of course, has a Bill of Rights in its constitution and um, part of it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press mm. or the right of people to assemble. So um, abridging the freedom of speech and that's, you know, the US Bill of Rights in relation to freedom of speech is mm. considered one of the stronger ones. Mm. So when people talk about, oh, well, you know, what we need in this country is a Bill of Rights, it's not, it doesn't look like it's helping Julian Assange. It doesn't look like it's helping uh, Chelsea Manning having a Bill of Rights. So... Because um, all Chelsea, bills of rights will yeah. will have this element of national security exception mm. to them. Well, so Chelsea always. Manning, I think that you know she's a different story because she actually was the one that grabbed the stuff and handed it over to Assange, mm. and I think that's the difference. Is that she, while she was a he, took the information and handed it over to and that was else. a criminal act, absolutely. Yeah, it but it's, what's she in jail for at the moment? Well, she's in jail because she's refusing to help the uh, help the. Prosecutors bring Assange to US soil. Correct. She's refusing to speak. Absolutely. And yes. she's in jail for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So and much for freedom. So much for freedom of speech. Right, shouldn't it? So she she was her sentence was commuted mm. and she said, Well, I'm not going to talk at all in relation to your investigation mm. into Assange. And she is in jail for that. Yeah. So, so much for freedom of speech and a Bill of Rights. And not only freedom of speech, but don't the Americans have a right to silence when they're being prosecuted? They've got the Fifth Amendment where that you can refuse to say anything that self-incriminates you. Yes, yeah, that but that doesn't apply yourself. in this case. No, because, because this is, she's she, being... She can't com- be incriminated. She's... She's just incriminating Assange. Well, they want her to incriminate Assange. Mm. She's, she can't be incriminated. So okay. she can't plead the Fifth. Okay. So they're saying... Well, you're clearly just being obstructive and in contempt of court by not speaking. Mm. So, so much for a Bill of Rights. You know, it doesn't solve all the issues, having a Bill of Rights. Sure doesn't. Yeah. And we don't want one. Mm. We don't don't want a constitutional one. No, Mm. no, we want a legislative um, framework, don't we? Speaking of more um, offensive speech, Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a union leader, John Setka, leader of the... CFMEU? CFMMMMEU. Right. CFMMEU. Right. Construction, Forestry, Mining, Maritime, Energy Union. Yeah. So. How many M's? Two M's. Thank you. So he apparently called a woman 25 times and sent her 45 text messages uh, calling her a weak effing piece of shit and a treacherous Aussie effing C and an effing dog. Yeah. Like terrible language. He's a obviously. real charmer, isn't he? Mm, he's yeah. a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. And this is the one that he's pleading guilty to, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So presumably, 12th man, yes. you're happy for that to be an offence. No. <laughs> oh, really? 
Well, he's entitled to call people what he wants to call them. He's obviously not the sort of person... To call somebody 25 times and send 45 text messages. Oh, that could be harassment. That's what he's charged with. But the actual words, no, I don't think the actual words should be criminalised. Right, but when you go to that level... Yes. Well, obviously, people should be protected from harassment. Right, okay, so you're okay with that. It's not the words that that I have a problem with. It's the act of harassing somebody. Right. And he's a big, brawny, tough guy, and I imagine any woman would feel... Very intimidated by right. him. Okay, so that's good. We're at least in agreement on, on that issue yeah. of free speech. No, people so. should be protected from harassment and intimidation, absolutely. Mm. You would have been very upset back in the days of uh, 1974. Why? <laughs> what, 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 what happened in 1974? Frank Sinatra was in town. Oh, of course, yes. And um, he arrived in, in Australia for a series of concerts and uh, he got up on stage at the Melbourne Festival Hall And referring to Australian journalists, this must have been in between songs, he said, they keep chasing after us. We have to run all day long. They're parasites who take everything and give nothing. And as for the broads who work for the press, they're the hookers of the press. I might offer them a buck and a half. I'm not sure. Yeah, a guy with his resources, surely he could pay more than a buck and a half. I would have thought so. Dear listener, a furious Australian press howled howled for blood. Sinatra refused to apologise and it sparked an extraordinary chain of events that resulted in the cancellation of his second Melbourne concert. Mm. There was a ban on his private jet by airport refuelers so he couldn't leave the country Mm. and he was in a three-day siege at Sydney's Boulevard Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So basically the unions said... You can't offend our lovely journalists like that. Mm. You're not leaving the country and not, you're going to have to apologise. Yeah, right. So you would have been appalled by that. Well, ah, were you or not? Because he wasn't... Um, I was alive. He, yes, yep. I vaguely recall the, the, the events, but yes. not in great detail. Look, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was an offensive shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's entitled to be an offensive... To me, the, the remedy would be... Those people who don't like it don't buy tickets to go and see his concert, you know. Right, yep. And uh, people, the refuelers should not have gone on strike. They should have said. I don't think they had a right to, you know. Withhold their service yeah, on that to, basis. to jeopardise his free travel around the right. country. So. Well, there's, the, there's a difference though. Like in 1974 when journalists are accused of being a buck and a half hookers, the union said, you can't say that. <laughs> And, and basically locked the country down for Sinatra. Yeah. Meanwhile, the head of the CFMEU today sends 25 phone calls and 45 text messages with, pretty, with a lot worse language. <laughs> and the union movement doesn't seem to want to do a lot about it. No, they well, won't. Well, no. Or, or, what's well, the name? Well, they are now. Yeah, what's the name of the secretary of the ACTU? What is her name? Sally McManus. Sally McManus. Now, she's actually called for him to resign and that sort of stuff. Mm. She said that your continued existence with us is going to denigrate the uh, Labor movement. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony Albanese has jumped on the bandwagon to try and get him kicked out of the Labor Party. Mm. I, yeah, it's, you know. I think a political party is entitled to eject people that they that they feel doesn't really, you know, abide by their general philosophy, don't you? Right, and were you on board with Falau being sacked then? I can't. Re- I'm losing track of where being you are. Being sacked. Y- yes. 
No, I wasn't on board with flirting. But, but didn't so. you just say an organisation should be allowed to? A union is a different thing. Oh. A union is a, you know, basically a philosophical organisation. What were the words that he just used? No, Flau was no, lost No, but the words that he used in relation to the union is entitled to basically um, – what were the words you just no, used? He said that he said that people from a, politi- a political party has the right to expel people yeah, he's that not don't a, have a. They're a, not expelling him from the union. No, the, no, but the from Australian his job, Labor Party. From his no, job. no, no. Oh well, Sally McManus asked him to stand down. Yeah, well. So, so for his behaviour, his behaviour, not his the, words, his behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Harassing a woman and intimidating people, yeah. as he has done on many occasions, yes. is not the sort of behaviour that any of us would condone, is it? But his, his, his behaviour was words. No, so. it was more than words. It was physical intimidation, I think. Right. I mean, right. He's, a big, he's a big tough bloke and he's pretty intimidating. Right. And, you know, to, to have him on the other end of the, the blower, you know, mouthing off at you would be pretty intimidating, right. I imagine. So the union is is entitled to sack Setka. No, it's not the union. It's it, oh, you're talking about I'm, Sally McManus. I, I, well, I'm I'm saying to you. No, you, they're you, asking him to stand down. They're yeah, not but, sacking him. But do you think the union could ask sack him? I have no idea for harassing this woman. Like, I, you, do you think I, she, they should be able to? Possibly. Do you think they should be able to have a an employment contract with a code of conduct that says? If you bring the union into disrepute, disrepute, we will be entitled well, to terminate you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a criminal. He's been accused of a criminal offence, hasn't he? Uh, yes. Israel Folau did not commit a cr- criminal offence, nor did right. he ask for any homosexuals to be harassed. Right. He merely listed them so as a, as one of a number of sinners that are going to hell, which is a mythical place. So it has to be a criminal offence. <laughs> what do you think? You got him Scott? stunned. <laughs> it has to be a criminal offence. Gee, I mm. should have, I should have brushed right. up on on my my knowledge of the legal no, system. No, no, no. But I'm not asking you what the law is. I'm mm. asking you what you think that should be. Uh, because you're you're basically saying Setka. The difference between Setka and Falau mm. is that Setka is guilty of a criminal offence, whereas well, Falau's he's not. He's pleaded guilty to a criminal offence, hasn't he? Yes. He, yes. Well, he's going to. He's, he's stated going he's to, going so to. So they yeah. say, yeah. 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 Falau didn't commit any criminal offence as far as I'm, con- I'm aware, has he? Right. So, so when he commits a criminal off- no, Falau hasn't, but the nature of the offence has nothing to do with his job though. You know, it's, it's quite different to his job as a union organiser. Like it's not related, th- is it? I think there have been a number of occasions where his <laughs> behaviour has been intimidating. But it's a kind of a rep- as part of his job. It's a kind of a reputational issue, isn't it? Like you're saying, the union can sack him because of these private phone calls that you've made that were harassing. No, I think it goes well beyond his private phone calls because, according to the you know the discussions we've been seeing in the media, in as part of his job. As a union organiser, he has gone around to building sites and intimidated a lot of people. Let's assume none of that happened. Well, we can't assume it. No, but we can thought experiment. Okay. So let's just say his only offence, just to keep it clear and easy, his only offence is this harassment of this woman. 
Yeah, I think I think you're shaping this to suit your purposes, Trevor. No, I'm trying to define where the lines are. So I'm getting rid of the extraneous matters Look, and, and I'll, getting it down to I'll put to it this way. I don't think someone are. should lose their job for their opinions or their, you know, beliefs or their ideas. His behaviour is what is uh, is at issue here, not his not his thoughts or his right, beliefs. It's right. his behaviour, and his behaviour over a long period of time, apparently, according to reports, has been that of a thug. What about a footballer who is uh, has been charged with rape yeah. and is awaiting a court date? I think innocent until proven guilty. And I was mm-hmm. I was quite appalled by the uh, ARU standing down that footballer. NRL on this one. So um, we've got Jack DeBellin. His career yeah. um, is on hold. I believe he's still being paid but he's not allowed to play yeah, because well, he's facing a rape charge. It seems unfair right. if he hasn't been convicted, right. don't you think? Uh, no. Why not? Uh, because I think you as an employer can say if we allow you on the field he's in been this accused. situation, we could, we could, as an employer you can say, Welcome to the NRL. We're going to pay you a shitload of money. And the reason we can pay you that shitload of money, see those sponsors over there and see those stands full of people? Mm. That's the reason we can pay you this shitload of money. Mm. So if you'd like to accept all that money, we've got an offer for you, which has a few conditions. Now, if you don't want all that money, you can go and play park footy and earn 25 bucks a game, and there'll be no conditions. You can do whatever you like. So, But if you want to accept this really big money, the only way we can give you that money mm. is if we can get the sponsorship money and the fan money. Okay. And here's some issues. If you bring the game into disrepute, we can no longer do these things. We okay. can't pay you yeah. and the other guys. So All right. if you're Thought charged experiment. with a 14-year you know, uh, offence, we'll have a problem. You'll be paid, but you can't play. All right. Thought experiment. An enterprising young woman or man mm. blackmails a professional athlete mm. and says, I want this much money or I will accuse you of rape, mm. thereby destroying your career and, you know, mm. uh, you're going to lose your contract. Mm. And they refuse and mm. say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, subject to blackmail. Mm. So the allegation is made, they are mm. charged with rape and they're stood down. Is that fair? Uh, is it fair? Um, I, I would agree that's what should happen. Really? I, I would say uh, bad, luck, if... bad luck for him that he ran into a psycho really? baby bo- um, rabbit boiler or whatever he came across. Rabbit but, boiler? Uh, What's a rabbit boiler? Bunny boiler. Yeah. Did you know a bunny boiler? No. It's from that, that movie. movie? Uh, <laughs> Basic instinct. Yeah. I haven't seen it. So this oh, guy hasn't. got to see it. Yeah, yeah. you should. <laughs> um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas an and with, uh, what was the woman's name? Uh, uh, the blonde piece. Yeah. Um, Please. <laughs> blonde. <laughs> Sharon Stone. No, no. It no, was, wasn't Sharon no, Stone. No, Glenn. 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 Glenn Close. Really? Glenn Close. Yes. Glenn Close was the one who went crazy. Mm. She was a psychopath. So he had an affair with her and- uh, he thought it was just a simple one-night stand and then she rocks up at his house and wanting to have a relationship and he, one of the great scenes, well, not great scenes, but disturbing scenes is when the, they come home and 
the family pet bunny rabbit is in a pot on the stove boiling oh. and um, so she'd been into oh. the house and had killed their bunny rabbit. Oh, I'm and glad now I haven't so, seen it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it might set me back years in yeah. my therapy program. What was the movie called? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Michael Clayson. Basic Instinct. Is it Basic Instinct? Yeah. No. It's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Glenn Close was it. I oh, just okay. wasn't sure if she was in it. Right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay, I have to put in a last-minute edit here. The movie was Fatal Attraction, 1987, starring Michael Douglas, Glenn Close and Anne Archer. The film centres on a married man who has a weekend affair with a woman who refuses to allow it to end and becomes obsessed with him. Um, Yeah, look, you know. So unfortunate that you run into a crazy person, but that happens. So, well... um. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? Yeah, but the guy's still getting paid. Yeah, he's getting paid. Yes, but his reputation is being trashed uh, partly by his employer by assuming. No, 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 no. the employer says you're innocent until proven guilty, but we can't have you on the field because you agreed when you signed up. So in that case, we are going to act as if you are guilty by not letting you on the field. No, we're going to... We don't know whether you're guilty or not. But we're going to treat you as guilty until you are proven otherwise. No, No, but but while you you are under charge, you can't play. Sorry. No, No. not fair. Okay. Yep. Uh, So anyway, that's apparently what's happening to Jack DeBellin. Yeah, yeah, I think it's unjust myself. I mean, he may be guilty, I don't know, but until, until he's proven guilty, I think he should be treated as, you know, as innocent. And... What happens if the NRL just goes broke and can't pay anybody then? That's just too bad. That's just, life. Just That's business. Right. Yeah. So The business so for, wasn't well run. So Let's go back to you, club footy. <laughs> it's you, more honest you, too, isn't it, club footy, than this professional game? So too bad for the NRL and all the other players, but not too bad for... Look, too bad for all the employees at General Motors Holden and mm. Ford and Toyota, you know, too bad because mm. some assholes made some decisions mm. that ended their jobs and careers, you know. Mm. Mm. Is it not worse yeah, than... A- I don't see the analogy. Run that past me again. Well, you're saying that, you know, it would be so unfair to all the other players if the NRL went broke. Right, and couldn't pay yeah, them anyway. Well, you've said it's unfair to this guy. Yes. Yep. Yes. But one of the consequences could be the whole shebang falls over. Well, you wouldn't blame him then, would you? You would blame the whole the whole edifice that he's part of, you know? I mean, obviously the, the organisation is not well you know, managed it, if well, it falls well, apart just because one player some, somebody like has Falau, a bad reputation. Somebody like Falau could make a significant Almost catastrophic dent in the Australian Rugby Union's. Well, I think that whole in, that whole th- affair was badly managed. Instead mm. of you know castigating him, they should have laughed at him and said, "Hey, everybody, hell is not a real place. You don't need to worry about it. Just ignore him and his stupid religious rants because he's you know he's clearly you know not well educated, mm-hmm. and he believes in sky fairies. Why would you take him seriously? If I'm um, if I'm publicity. Um, Head of PR for the Catholic Church, 
and then all of a sudden start doing a podcast. I reckon you'd be really good in that role, Trev. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden st- start doing a podcast called The Iron Fist and Velvet Glove where I completely bag the organisation yeah. and just run it down. He didn't bag the organisation. No, no, another thought experiment. He didn't start a podcast either. But <laughs> in that situation, he might. In the could future. the Catholic Church say, Trevor, you were doing a really good job, but really... What you're doing now, and you've you know you've become famous with yes, this podcast. Yes. Like you get quoted and you on radio all the time, <laughs> and it's quite embarrassing for us to have our head of PR who, on one you know Monday morning nine AM, is saying what a great job the Catholic Church is doing, and then you know at other times is saying what a shitty job they're doing. Like or that's, poking that's fun causing at us. Hats. You're causing us a problem, Trevor. Like yeah. we, you can't keep doing this job. Is that fair or not? Well, you, you're not doing what they employed you to do, which is to promote the Catholic Church. In your spare time. Oh, in your spare time, yeah. you're bagging them yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Have to suck it up? <laughs> no, I think the church would be right to sack Trevor in that situation. Yeah. What do you think? <clears throat> I think you probably had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, seriously, though. Can, can the Catholic Church sack me if I become... In my spare time, a celebrity podcaster famous for bagging the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting thought experiment. But do you, do you think that's a fair analogy with the I, Falau case? I, I, need, I have to provide these thought experiments to try and find if there is a circumstance ever. This is the whole point of it. <laughs> so have I found one whereby my mere speech I can become ineligible for a job? I suppose you have deliberately and publicly defamed your employer, haven't you? Falau didn't do that. No, okay. So, in other words, it is possible for an employee, by their mere words, make themselves ineligible for a job. I dare say it's possible. Right. Okay. But it would have to be, you know, fit pretty, pretty blatant and extreme, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. I don't think Falau falls in anywhere near that. And, and, and why would they be able to sack me? What, 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 what is it about it that makes them? Because they're employing you specifically to promote their interest. Yes. And you are publicly defaming them. Right. So isn't that a contradiction? Yeah, but nine to five, I'm doing the job they asked me to do. It's just. In my spare time and weekends. But it's probably a salaried position, isn't it, which is not really a nine-to-five kind of job. Let's assume it's a nine-to-five job. No, I don't think we can assume that at all because the, people the, who work the, in the, 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 the no, ex- people who work in the media, in the, ele- in the you know, electronic media, uh, they are often sort of salaried positions where they're, you know, they're, their reputation and their public profile is, is what's being bought in a lot of cases, isn't it? So your incredible public profile travel is yeah. what they're buying, and you're incredibly unbelievable. And, and I've ruined it. Pub, pub, public popularity, and, and, and I've ruined it. And you've ruined their good name. Well, that's what Falau's done. I'm not sure he has. I'm just not. That's, convinced. that's the argument. That's I'm what Falau's done. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Yeah. Right. He's a nincompoop. Yep. But you know he's entitled to be on nincompoop, and he's private life. Mm. Right. Um, 
So have you buried the hatchet between the two of you? No, have we'll you, never have you, have, you, have, you, have you accepted that you're never going to change his mind? No, I have. I have got <laughs> Paul to admit that there are circumstances where an employee, by their words, uh, make themselves um, in a situation where their employer can sack them. Yeah. So he has admitted that that well, is possible. You know, what if Alan... <laughs> that, that, was the, that was where I was getting to. What, what's the station Alan Jones so, works for? So I'm, 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 2GB. Yeah, what if Alan Jones was on the air saying, oh, 2GB, what a rubbish bunch of losers they are. You know, of course they wouldn't want him, you know, on the exactly. air for them anymore. Exactly. Falau didn't get up and say, the, you know, the, the Australian Rugby Union are a bunch of losers and, yeah. you know, they're, they're all sinners or, or anything like that. He just published a list of sinners, which is a ludicrous okay. idea. And if, if Falau had committed rape, which he didn't, this is just if he if he was if he committed rape and had done something like that, sack him, right? If he was convicted, yes, yeah. What if he said, what what if you had not Flair? Let's let's take away Flair. Any footballer said, um, I love the idea of raping women. Like I'd like to do it. I I know I can't because I can't get away with it, but I think it would be just fantastic. And it was like slobbering over the microphone. Like like let's just say you had a truly repulsive character like that. He's not doing anything illegal, but he's just a monster. Well, how do you know he's a monster? He might be just putting it on. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, so you couldn't this, sack him no, either. Seriously, no, just uh, this is the just point. There are words, words where where the person is not inciting anyone else to commit a violent yeah, or yeah. illegal. I, I didn't incite anybody when I was bagging the Catholic Church, but you say I could be sacked. No, no, by no. the Catholic you were, Church as the PR person. Well, you were so I wasn't defa- inside. You were defaming them, oh. and they were paying you to promote them. So yeah. you, you're clearly not. Yeah, you is pu- is you're paying clearly not for earning, allowed to promote. No, them. you're clearly not earning your pay, are you? It's in my spare time. Nine to five, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> Nine to five, I'm doing a great. Well, and, and then outside but, that, but you're, you're saying my outside work is affecting my ability to do my real job. I'm saying it's in, in contradiction to what you're doing in but, your real job. And affecting it detrimentally. Apparently, yes. Very well, that's, publicly. What Falau, that's what Falau did. His job was more than catching a football. Uh, he, come on. Of course it was. His re- private religious <coughs> beliefs are ludicrous nonsense. And why don't people just stand up public and, and say, come on, why would anybody take that sort of rubbish seriously, you know? Seriously, people, you know, by treating it so seriously, they give it gravity, they give it credence, and it doesn't deserve any. Right. Well, I tend to agree with you, Paul. I mean, I, you know, I thought it was ridiculous and all that sort of thing that he got the uh, publicity that he did yeah. because, it's you know, uh, him and Margaret Court, I mean, they're both a pair of idiots. But they you are, know, you know. clearly. <laughs> so, they're and ignorant I think, fools. I think it would be better. If you had a situation where the ARU said, look, once his contract's up, we're not going to renew it. Exactly. And he can continue to sprout off all he wants because it's a load of nonsense. And that would have been it. But, you know, he, if Qantas was threatening to pull the sponsorship, then I think they've got a bigger problem where they could probably. Clearly they were. Well, and, and maybe they would have. Doubt. But well, the RAU are engaged in public virtue signalling, and that's what it is. It's just it, public it, it, virtue It could signaling. be corporate survival. 
It could be, but, you know, if they build their corporation on such flimsy foundations, maybe they deserve to come crashing down. Mm. Right, enough of that. We're starting to go around in circles. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Inevitably. It's the cake bakery. Oh, I love it. All over again. Eventually swung you on the I had a nice piece of carrot cake today. (laughs) Right. Um, Was it baked by someone that was gay or not? I have no idea. (laughs) In Queensland, major gas producers have sounded warnings over Queensland's decision to raise royalties on liquefied natural gas. So the um, Palaszczuk government announced increasing it from 10% to well, it's 12? To tw- it's 25% increase. So it's yeah, from 10 to 12. 10 to 12 and a half, I believe. Yeah. Uh, saying the shock move puts the puts in doubt future investment in the state and threatens the competitiveness of the industry. Rubbish. Uh, Konoko Phillips, a part owner of the $25 billion Australian Pacific LNG project in Queensland, said he was disappointed by the Palaszczuk's government's surprise increase. Um, And he, quote, says, Disruption to that, as we saw yesterday, puts at risk future investment and the competitiveness of the gas industry in Queensland. Where have we heard that before? Any sympathy? For None whatsoever. None whatsoever because, you know, you were the one that said that the gas that the – can't which, remember which Arab country it is and that sort of stuff. Qatar? That gets, Qatar gets a shitload more money for their gas than what we do down here. Yeah, we're selling it too cheap. We are selling it way too cheap. Mm. You know, and we should be raping these bastards. Well, That's we incitement should. to violence. <laughs> I apologise. We should be. We should be financial. We should be taxing them a hell of a lot more than what we do, so that we could actually have the money to clean up the mess that they're going to leave behind. Dear listener, I've got a little link from what we were talking about in episode one hundred and ninety-six, which was an article by an Oxford University expert, and he said that Australia is on track to eclipse Qatar as the largest exporter of gas by twenty twenty but is expected to only earn $600 million in 2018, the same amount of revenue that the government earns in beer tax every year compared to... So Queen, uh, so, Austra- so Australia was going to earn $600 million. Qatar would earn $26.6 billion. Yeah, and, and then why is that? So... Uh, are Australians such mugs that we can't even sell natural gas onto well, I mean, the market? Okay. The, the, natural, make- the, the natural gas and that sort of stuff from Qatar, it goes through a pipeline into Europe. Yeah, and so it. Europe, it's a hell of a lot cheaper for them to get their natural gas than what you've got to do over here. You've got to liquefy it, you've got to put it on a ship, and you've got to move it. Yeah. So it is a hell of a lot more expensive to get our gas. So there's gas. less profit to well, be there's, there's less Well, there's less profit to be made because mm. the, the gas price is the same price globally. Yeah, but that's still a... Big difference, isn't it? That's a huge mm. difference, yeah. Well, you've also got sort of like headline rate, a bit like tax. You have a headline rate of tax, say corporate tax, but there's all these other taxes that play that may not apply in other jurisdictions. So you have sales taxes and, and, and payroll taxes and other bits and pieces that come into play. So a bit further on in this article, he said that Australia had an effective tax uh ratio of 21% on gas resources, um, falling well below the 35% or more taken by North Sea, North sea nations of Denmark, Netherlands, Norway and Germany. So 
So we were 14% behind uh, those Scandinavian countries. Mm. So an increase of 2.5% is, is not... Bugger all. Yeah. It's only 2.5%. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so gone from, from 10 to 12.5%. It's just you've got a group of people that are used to getting it for nothing, so they're that's now right. bleating and carrying on. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's all it is. So, it, you know, and they're saying, of course, oh, you know, we won't be able to do this anymore. Tell and, of course... To blow it out their asses. And, and what will happen, like Adani gets a seven-year um, royalty Ooh, holiday. Right. Yeah. What are they going to say at the end of the seven years? They're going to say that this is going to put in jeopardy the little jobs and that sort of yeah. stuff we've and That we created. might not yeah. be able to continue unless yeah. you give us another tax break or another tax holiday. Yeah. No, go fuck themselves. <sighs> Meanwhile. Pardon the language. Yes, pardon the language. <laughs> Meanwhile, Deputy... I know. Meanwhile, leader of the opposition in Queensland, Deb Frecklington, said to the coal industry, royalties will be frozen for a decade. Oh, thanks, Deb. (laughs) That's all all Queensland needs, right? Less money. Less money coming into the public coffers. Just going to freeze it for a decade. Oh, what an idiot. Wouldn't you like to run a business where the government says, just going to freeze all your costs for a decade? Great. Mm. It's, you know, the, it who votes for these people? Well, uh, yeah. the, pro- the problem is the narrative of tax. Like I was listening to a, a, another podcast, Well May We Say, which is a, not a bad little very left-wing um, podcast, and he was saying that when it comes to tax, everybody has fallen for the sort of neoliberal line that tax is bad. Yeah. And... Um, the Liberals will always, if necessary, just lie about Labor being high taxing and they'll even make up taxes like they did with the inheritance tax. That's right. So yeah. Labor has to tell a story that actually taxes can be good. And so go ahead, accuse us of increasing taxes because with that we're going to do some good things. They sort of it's tried to do that in the last not election. Enough, but I they didn't think. succeed. Yeah. I so, mean, they were trying though, weren't they? Yeah. They were saying, look... We're going to, you know, do this. Yep. We're going to do that. We're going to provide public services that are needed. Yeah. And tax is what pays for them. Yeah. So Frecklington gets away with this sort of freezing of resource royalties for a decade because. Um, and she that's wants the to be of, Premier. Yeah. So that's the sort of. And she's probably going to get in. If, and how's she going to pay for public services? Well, it's just cut, 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 and there won't be any. So, Pretty much. Yeah. There won't be any. Dear listener, one of our patrons is Mr. Anderson. Do you remember Mr. Anderson? Yeah, he was in um, that movie, what was it called? The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah, I do interrogate him quite hard to get him to cough up as a patron. Remember that recording? No, you don't. I'll play it soon. Anyway, (laughs) he had a good story. He He was at something talking to a mate of his about different stuff and he said, oh, you know, I've been listening to this podcast Iron Fist, Velvet Glove, there's this guy, Trevor, you know, you'd, you'd probably really like him. He talks about these sorts of issues and these sort of issues and this sort. And the other guy said, oh, really? Oh, well, if you like that, you'll probably really like this other guy. He's on YouTube. He's called Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you two are peas in a pot, I reckon. <laughs> oh, made me laugh too. Yeah, it was good. So... Um, you don't remember my interrogation of Mr. Anderson. Um, I've, I've got to find it here. I've had a lot on my mind. Like 
It'll be here somewhere. I might have to edit this out till I find it. Hang on a second. Uh, here, here we go. Here we go, Mr. Anderson. Okay. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. It seems that you've been living two lives. One of these lives has a future, and one of them does not. I'm going to be as forthcoming as I can be, Mr. Anderson. You're here because we need your help. My colleagues believe that I'm wasting my time with you, but I believe you wish to do the right thing. We're willing to wipe the slate clean, give you a fresh start. And all that we're asking in return is your cooperation and... A simple donation of $1 per episode. Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. But I think I got a better one. How about I give you the finger... And you give me my free podcast. Oh, oh Mr. Anderson... You disappoint me. You can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. I know my rights. I want my free podcast. And tell me, Mr. Anderson, what good is a podcast if you're unable to hear? It got pretty ugly at the end. It did, yeah. He's since signed on. Yeah. Funny that. Well done, Mr. Anderson. (laughs) You made the right choice. Mm. So he's on the list here. Our patrons, dear listener, you can become one. Just go onto our website, Iron Fist Velvet Glove, and there's a link there. Uh, Sign up. A dollar an episode is all we ask. Thank you to Sean, Janelle, Deep Throat, John, Landon, Wayno, Ayame, Alison, Steve, Tony, Caitlin. Yes, that, by the way, the Alison that we mentioned there is Alison from... Oh. Uh, from last week. She Thanks was terrific. So. She was. Actually, a lot of good feedback. She was a lot of good mm. feedback on that, yeah. Mm. You know, different times when we've had people come on and talk about their, you know, their issues. Mm. Um, so, Alison with um, religion, and we had the guy talking about uh, assisted dying, and we had the guy talking about the chaplaincy, and, like, these people are such good speakers, and they're all over their topic, and they make complete... Sense like there's some really good advocates you know, out there. Absolutely. Do you know Helen Pluckross? She's no. a British um, writer and academic. Uh, she's one of these people who uh, wrote the bogus um, academic papers, left-wing papers. That w- you know, there was a bit of publicity around them a few months ago. Um, um, with, with Peter Bog- Bogosian. Bogosian. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a beat up, the whole thing. Have you read her work, Helen Pluckrose? She's very good. I was aware of the sort of. She's very thing good. That She's actually on. delivering a lecture in Sydney this evening right. at the Ramsey Centre. Right. Now, I happen to be a Facebook friend of hers and. I actually invited her to uh, come onto the podcast sometime if she's ever available. Right. Okay. 
So there you go, Helen, if you're listening. You are more than welcome. We'd love to have you. She'd be good value, I tell you. Okay. She's very good. I'm a bit worried about her appearing at the Ramsey Centre. Why? What do you know about the Ramsey Centre? Well, is is it anything, any connection with the Ramsey Centre for Civilisation that they're wanting to put into universities? It's exactly the same Ramsey Centre as far as I'm aware. Right. That worries me. Why? Um, Because... That's um, the people behind that are Tony Abbott and John Howard and they want to introduce a course that basically extols all the wonders of Western civilization and the Judeo-Christian ethic and they want to have it as a university degree. And what they're doing is they're saying to the universities. Uh, we want you to run this course. Well, we want this course in your university and we want you to stamp it as a university degree. By the way, we're going to de- decide what the content is mm. and we're going to decide who teaches it. Mm. And the university's saying, well, that's not how we run a university. Mm. Like, happy to take your money, happy to do a degree in that of that nature, mm. but we're going to decide the content yeah. and who teaches it. Yeah. And um, that's because not good I don't enough think we for... can make any assumptions about Helen on, on no, but uh, No, but I'm just uh, – she's very a feeling much, of the Ramsey the, look, group. She's very much a, a free thinker. Yeah. Uh, she basically <coughs> writes about all, lots of the stuff that we are interested in. Right, yeah. So why she's appearing there, I really don't yeah. know the details. Yeah. So it just it's like if you told me she was appearing at the – you know, monthly dinner for the Institute of Public Affairs, yeah, I would be just – it's kind of – that's why I have a hesitation. Well, I don't think you should, you know, condemn people for their appearance at any particular place, you know. No, but often these groups invite people I mean, I've, certain I have been in yeah. a church mm. several times in my lifetime. Yes. Will you ban me from the podcast for that? <laughs> well, were you invited to speak – uh, on things favourable to the church, uh, the things that the, the church would like to hear? Not so far. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the difference. <laughs> Let me finish with these patrons. Back to Alison, Steve, Tony, Caitlin, Watley, Jimmy Spud. Oh, Caitlin, by the way, can you get um, uh, not only the Wagga Wagga Free Thinkers, Caitlin, but also Satanic Australia to sign up to my little directory? Thank you. <laughs> uh, Watley, Jimmy Spud, Kane, Bronwyn, Matt J, Robbie, Rod, Palais, Matic Man, Dominic, Lingham, Dave, The Squeaky Wheel, Daniel Harry, Gavin Peter, Captain Doomsday, Aidan, Wheat Watcher, Nico, Andy, Murray, Melinda, Adam, Greg, Professor, Dr. Dentist. And another post-production edit. We also have a new patron, Will. Sorry, Will, I didn't have you on my spreadsheet, but thank you for signing up as a patron. The non-patrons who do it via PayPal, uh, Dean, Ken, was the beneficiary, Mark, and Mr. Anderson, and our beer sponsors, uh, Scott, you got them or you want me just to read them? Was, Wano, Landon Hardbottom, Bronwyn, Dave, Adam, Landon Hardbottom again, Caitlin, Zach, and Captain Doomsday, and tonight we're drinking Sapporo Premium Beer. Thanks very much, Zach. Mm, Thank you, Zach. Delicious. Yes. And we also have this Sunday, our little drink session. We do. Is that this coming Sunday? It is. It is. Yes. Okay. So looking uh, forward to it. Yeah, so that's coming up as well. Let me see what else we had on this list here, gentlemen. Uh, if there's anything, well, we've been on rights as such, and there was an interesting one where a guy Jeremy was fired for refusing 
to supply his fingerprints at work. Mm. So his employer introduced some sort of security system, I think, and as part of that they wanted to take, to take his fingerprints and he refused. He said, it's my biometric data. Uh, it's not appropriate for them to have it. And for not agreeing to the new system, Mr Lee was sacked. Um, and this guy ran the case himself, uh, an unfair dismissal case. And, and he won. And he won. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. Um, well done. I think that's a good thing. I do too. Fantastic. Was, mm. I, I mean, I have a problem with your employer taking your thumb fingerprint. Sorry, do you you do or you don't? No, I don't. Oh, really? Yeah. It's no problem unless you've got something to hide. Not necessarily, yeah, but, but where does that's it stop? That's how jackboots. Uh... Yeah, where does it stop? You know, they take your fingerprints, they mm. take your iris scans, they take a sample of your blood and check mm. your DNA. Where does <laughs> it, no, seriously, where does mm. it stop? Mm. You know, already insurance companies are going down that path where they don't want to insure people who have any sort of, you know, genetically inherited illness. Yeah, I mean, but mm. see, that is ridiculous there. I think that should, they, I think they should st- nip that sort of thing in the bud well, because you're going to get to the point that the only people the insurance companies are going to bother insuring are those people that shouldn't bother having insurance. And exactly. that's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. So I think that they should nip that sort of thing in the bud. However... Well, we should just get rid of private health insurance. So well, we should, yeah. but mm. however, if we're not going to get rid of it, we've got we to be stuck with it. Mm. I don't have a problem with you going up and putting your thumb on it, and that's mm. the thing. You know, there was no... <sighs> but should you be compelled to give it, you know? I mean, he was being compelled to give it. Mm. It wasn't voluntary. No. Mm. Anyway. Do you know, like, uh, IELTS exams, mm. so... Dear listener, if you are looking to get a permanent residence visa um, in Australia mm. and you come from an overseas country, then you need to prove your capacity to speak English. And that doesn't matter what country. You could come from the UK and be a native English speaker mm. and you'll still have to go and undergo an IELTS uh, test. I'm not sure people from English-speaking countries have to supply mm, that. Nurses from because my wife's involved in it, and certainly there's been yeah, cases I used, where I nurses. I used to work in the IELTS system yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm, so there would be people who were uh, native English speakers yeah. who would come, and they'd be quite impressed at how difficult the exam was mm. and how tricky it was. Mm. And um, anyway, um, that some of the testing centres for that have fingerprinting. That's part really? of it. Yes. Because there's a lot of well, that's, cheating. That's a new thing. Yeah. There's a lot of cheating goes on because oh, it's, sure. it's such a valuable thing. Yeah. And, um, Although the mm. cheating is not, I don't think, uh, I think it's pretty well controlled in a country like Australia. Yeah. Well, but I've heard rumors, and there are only rumors, mm-hmm. that in China and India and other countries uh, where the controls are perhaps less stringent. Mm. Uh, there is a, a level of uh, corruption of the system. Mm. Mm. So uh, just as a little aside, dear listener, um, so people will do that test here now and they'll be supervised and it used to be that the papers would be marked here locally by people as a job. Mm. A lot of that marking now uh, is... I used to do it. Yeah, a lot of that now is scanned and sent to India. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but that's to say, that's to cut costs. Of course. 
Because they, they used to yeah. pay, I think it was something like $70 an hour yeah. for the markets. Quite good money for the markets. Yeah. And, um, and now, yeah, um, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot is oh my scanned God. and uh, emailed to Shame India. on Cambridge for mm. going down that path of just cutting costs any way they can. There you go. So, mm. right. Been a funny episode, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, amusing for some. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. All right. I think we what should What do you stop. think about humour? I mean, I, I think humour is a, a valuable tool in critiquing all kinds of things, don't you? I think um, it's very important. Yeah. I, I, that's where I think um, in the US, I think their comedians have done a better job of being politically active like the John – John Clark, not John Clark. I'm trying to think. Uh, the, the guy who appeared in uh, the U.S. government uh, hearing first. Yes, for the 9/11 yeah. um, firemen and policemen. There's a different. You know, there's a whole bunch of sort of mm. late night but comedy guys. Was who, it the New York Times who recently decided they weren't going to publish political cartoons anymore? Did you I, see that? I didn't yeah. see that. No. Um, um, have a look for it because it's it's yeah. interesting. But, uh, you know, it's almost like the comedians are the most cutting and insightful and really drill down to the nut, the nub of the, of the situation. Of them, yeah. And certainly the US, I think, had had good comedians in that sense. Mm. John Oliver from last week tonight is probably the best. Yes. Yeah. And, and you've and also the, got... And he took over from somebody. Oh, did he? Yeah, John Oliver took over from... Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, I can't remember his name, who appeared with the 9-11 responders. Mm. Yeah. But um, Mad as Hell, I think, has been good. Yes, with very good. Um, poking fun at our mm. politicians. And now Sammy J, I think. Sammy J has done a very good yep. job. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, humour is important. Very important. Because it's the only time some people will listen to any mm. political commentary. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. Mm. Right, dear listener, it was an odd episode. But um, look, next week will be an interesting one where we've got a, uh, a lady coming in to talk about Universal basic income. Yeah, I'm really yeah. looking forward to mm. Yeah, We'll be talking economics and uh, all things pertaining to next week. So join us then. Bye for now. Thank you very much for listening. Bye now. See ya. Marty quit drinking. Found religion for a while. I didn't love that. To be honest, I preferred him before. He had a sense of humor then. Yeah. I run fifth in a vibe with love. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode and really the amount that you pay depends on 
what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, Is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just it'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners, and that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.